Welcome to the 24th episode of the Culture of Squad podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I guess, too. Uh, we're at Culture of Splife everywhere you can find us. Also, if you're listening to us in syndication, you're probably listening from Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but we are everywhere you can get your podcast. So just look us up at Culture of Splife. Hey, hey, just just breaking news, you know, that, that I've, I've been wanting to talk about all day. Breaking news. What you got breaking for us? What you do? Some eggs? We're making an omelet? Well, the sounds like the the cartoon Live League may be uh, merging with the PGA Tour. Mm. Something that the PGA Tour said would never happen. That's what we would like to call a bombshell. Yes, I would say that's what you call money over morality. <laughs> yeah. Is what I read today. Yes. So you had the guys, the Brooks Kepkas, the. Uh, uh, DeChambeau's, the Cameron Smith, not Cameron Smith, the guy that won the, what did he, he win? He won some major last year. I think his name may be Cameron Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys that went over there for hundreds of millions of dollars. And then the likes of Tiger Woods that turned down potentially a billion dollars. Rory McIlroy that turned down upwards of 300 400 million i read that ricky fowler turned down 75 million matsuyama turned down 300 million and now here comes the the leader of the the pga tour saying that we're going to merge with live i i guess my question is what what the uh what do you guys think is going to be the ultimate impact of this well there are going to be a lot of guys on the PGA Tour that are either going to have to go to um, some other tour or eat crow because they've been saying things like, how can you take money from a country that's responsible for terrorism and killing a journalist and being responsible for parts of 9-11, you know, all these things, to now could be their boss you know <laughs> i mean we and we we were talking uh pre-game like saudi arabia has gotten seriously aggressive in like most sports right now because if you look at all the uh the rumors that are out there in terms of the level of money that they're willing to pump into these soccer stars from uh, messi and and all of them like i mean we're, we're talking about you know, several hundreds of millions of dollars a year, right? So, I mean, that that's crazy. And then I know Drew is a big WWE fan as well, and uh, it was rumored for a while. And, I mean, I think, you know, like ESPN and a lot of your major networks, in, in fact, just, you know, just major news networks were covering uh, the potential merger that, or that actually they were just going to buy out the WWE. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's what the uh, the rumors were. Was that the, the Saudi uh, the Saudi fund? I will call it because I don't remember the exact name of it. Um, was going to buy the WWE outright, and this is a this is an interesting concept um, because it is for the revitalization of of Saudi Arabia, right? Um, you know, from a from a a, a non political perspective. Okay, so like, you know, the the three of us exist in the U.S. and and we talk on the daily and never mention politics with each other. And that's the thing you have to consider Saudi Arabians are like as well, right? You know, they they talk without mentioning politics with one another. And that Saudi fund is to show more of the human side of of the people of Saudi Arabia, right? To show that this is a place you can come, you can travel to. They have some awesome stuff there. Um, they're they're going to own, you know, put their hands at the very least in every sport that they can um, to, to grow this fund. And it's government-fed funding. Um, these companies are, are paying taxes 
into this fund and that's where they're getting the money to do this stuff uh so you know and and to your point the wwe was looking like it was going to be uh gobbled up by this fund but obviously you don't have to sell just because somebody's offering to buy you and that's the rumor that the wwe didn't sell so it's kind of interesting to me with this breaking news on the tour if that's going to also be the case is this one of those things that they put their toes in the water see the backlash and then back back, back out or is this an individual who isn't necessarily associated with saudi arabia they just so happen to live there right yeah, I think that's the big, big question, uh, exactly what you said. That's spot on. Because I think government money that's involved in this, I think that's what gives people the the scary, oh, no, it's, it's, it's owned by the Saudi government. But it literally is the government trying to distance themselves from the past mm. and make themselves more um, appealing to the, the Western world, so to speak, being the United States europe and and you know all of that so it's an it's an interesting interesting demographic of course i get to see this uh all, all the time as you mentioned in soccer and uh right, right now uh we we've got rumors floating around that saudi saudi arabia is actually trying to buy Messi, basically um so so that works there's also been talks that miami of all places in the MLS is also trying to buy Messi. Yep, I heard and that. And that, of course, makes you wonder if he lands in the MLS, could Saudi Arabia just purchase the entire MLS? Because it's it's a viable yeah, That's a good, good, good question. So, I mean, but nobody's throwing money around like they are right now. No. And we're talking Messi's. They're they're talking of a contract like four hundred million yep. a year, two billion total, two billion dollars with a B. Like we thought, Peyton Manning made an absurd amount of money when he got his his last contract at Denver in the NFL. That is chump change. This is yes. billion with a B <laughs> for an athlete. Right. What did Peyton get? Like thirty five million or something? We were freaking right. out. Yeah. Oh, it's laughable now. Like looking yeah. at it. Yeah. Or uh, Messi's dad said he may want to just go back to Barca. So we'll see. Be interesting. But here we go. Money over morality. Yeah. Yet again, if they're going to offer him $120 million at Barca, $400 million at uh, whatever the, the Saudi Soccer Federation is. You know, and, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I didn't lose respect for Brooks Kepka because he just called it like it was. He said, man, they're offering me so much money. I'm going for the money. That's yep. what I'm doing. And he didn't try to talk about, oh, well, you know, the PGA tour, this, the PGA tour, that they're not fair to us, all this. He was like, it's all about the money. Yep. That's why I'm doing I, I don't, I don't think, at the end of the day, I mean, we have to take everybody's word with what they say to us, right? We can't truly know what they're thinking. But at the end of the day, I don't think that it, it, it's, it's the morality piece of it. I think it's the safety piece of it, right? To know that I can go somewhere and earn a lot of money or I can go somewhere else and, and earn, you know, buttloads of money, but that buttloads of money may get me exiled from my country mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> and my way of life and my living. And, and one year with a buttload of money may not equal the 20, 30 years, because these are PGA players, right? They don't have to retire. Like, yeah. you know, they, they just keep on trucking right. until they get older, yeah. right? They just, they literally stop playing when they want to stop mm -hmm. playing. And when you're looking at longevity, yeah, you can still make more money in the PGA than something brand new that's unknown that may get you, you know, that black ball, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, we can say what we want to. They all started doing it for the money. 
It's right. what, what what we enjoy doing and we got paid for it. Absolutely. Sign me up. That's All day, every day. I'm always taking that deal. So it's a no-brainer. You're going to do it. If you get offered more money, go do it for more money. But again, what is more money? Now with the merger, if they combine, you know, I don't know how that money stands. I don't know what that money's going to look like. You know, that's going to be the interesting piece. If the merger goes through, yep. you know, the NBA player is going to be making the lower amount and then the <laughs> players making yeah. big, big bucks. Yep. DeChambeau and Kepka are feeling pretty good about their decision. And Mick feeling right. really good. Yep. I just saw day one got in here. What are your thoughts, day Never one? Up. He may have just been breezing through. Well, um, I mean, and, and I mean, I know we've been talking a little bit about as far as what the what the Saudis are doing as far as like making these moves in the sports world. And uh, correct me if I'm not wrong, too. Like they did a trial run with a pay per view like three years ago in the WWE, like that just started, and now it's every single year. And obviously, one of the biggest issues they had from a morality standpoint was the way they treated women because i think was it initially women were not allowed to wrestle at these pay-per-views because they didn't allow women to, to do these sporting events then it went to okay the women can now do them they just have to be fully dressed and everything else and so so it's more from that standpoint so it, it, it's gone from you know I can't believe that they would they would be in this country that that you know doesn't value women's rights to now every single year there's a pay-per-view there and women are wrestling. So it's it's kind of one of those things where you talk about too is are are they trying to you know uh integrate in such a way where it's more appealing and you're throwing around the money that you have to where people it's an offer that they can't refuse. So I mean, that's why you're starting to see them gradually have more confidence about what, where they can go with this thing and the level of money they can throw in to say, okay, well, we got you. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's part of the revitalization fund that you're talking about. I want to say, I want to say it was originally like called the 2020, you know, vision or whatever, mm -hmm. um, something like that. Saudi had a good play on words. I think now it's been up to 2050 is, is how far they've extended it because they've had so much success bringing in, again, what we consider the Western world, so to speak, uh, of, of bringing events there. And the WWE, hands down, was the largest contributor um, and also the, the largest uh, receiver of money <laughs> um, to date. And, uh, and it's, it's to your point, when they first started out, it was zero women involved, no women at all. We're going to have one, and we're going to bring a skeleton crew of people. There was like, you know, 20 wrestlers that, that were on a plane over there, and um, that, that was it. And even some of the wrestlers that were supposed to go boycotted, and they had to get replaced and stuff like that. It was a bad, bad sour taste. We went from that to again women dressed you know like this um literally that's how they wrestled was uh they were covered it seriously wasn't faces but it was all the way up to yep. here there i mean they basically wore like cats yeah we, we didn't show wrists off i mean they were covered up to uh to two pay-per-views ago now dressing like normal ish <laughs> so to speak you know because they're kind of provocative in the u.s um Honestly, they could probably dress. Yeah, a I mean, they have their own here. designs with their cat suits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and now maybe it was for COVID. Had, you even had people that were boycotting men that boycotted the first event that were like, no, never. Almost main eventing, right? It was it was the biggest tag team match ever. Um. It, you know, in a Saudi event, and uh, and you had somebody that, that actively boycotted previously. Wouldn't even get on the plane to go, much less I, have a match. I mean, and then if you look at their crowds, they're pulling in like WrestleMania yeah. crowds for this. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking the, some of the biggest shows, like you know, fifties, fifties to sixty thousand people and, in like football level stadiums or soccer stadiums. Uh, yeah, and so so to your so to your point, Josh. Like the the play that they're making at the PGA and in and, and, and potentially in soccer 
Oh, it's real. I mean, and, and, and I mean, these are real possibilities. Crazy. So speaking of a real possibility, Miami Heat, what do y'all think? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that ages. <laughs> yeah, so far, so far, you guys, your predictions have aged okay. Right. We still got, we, we got I'm going to say okay because I think you guys both said they would, they would win one at home. Um, yeah. That one and two was in the bag, and uh, and 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 three or four was going to be the loss. Yeah, I, I'm still saying Nuggets, Nuggets in um, three, I guess now. <laughs> three, three, three more games, Mrs. Crago. Three more. Games. <laughs> That's all you got to endure, NBA. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, the Heat pulled. One you got to endure one more game, according to the Drew. I, I just, I don't get. The loss at home, I don't – because, I mean, it was like it, – it, that's one of the best basketball games that, that has probably happened in the finals in, in a while from the standpoint of it was in the bag, it was out of the bag, the, the bag had swapped hands, it was in the bag, and then it was a good game again. But um, that's the exact script that right. Miami Heat games have, have, have uh, played to, like, the entire playoffs this year. It's – you know, battle, have it slip away, battle back, nip and tuck, find a way at the end. Those are the um, the perfect perfect games for us us men with children, right? You know, because you always have like that moment of I'm gonna watch this whole game and not take my eyes off. But then the kids happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we got to get some baths. We got to look, go brush your teeth, man. Get out of like I gotta go check up on you. Make sure your room's clean, that sort of thing. That's where the game – then you come back and you're like, all right, this is a game again. Yeah, this, mm -hmm. is, this is good. And then you walk away again and you come back and you're like, yeah, we got a game again. All right. Yeah, that was that, was that game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I don't think I, the other three games are going to be that game. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a household with a wife and, and two daughters, and we watched the whole game. Oh, really? So all of y'all were glued. Yes, oh, yeah, we, we well, watched the whole game, especially. I mean, we it was kind of in the background, but when the Heat made their run, when it was you know from being down fifteen to getting it back to around six eight ish, everybody was locked in the rest of the game. Well, I know that I know that Josh DVR'd it because he's texting us at like eleven p.m. Like, talking about what? it, and and it's funny because I'd almost texted earlier about oh my god, and I'm I'm glad I didn't that I had the foresight to like not notifications are off. Um, I mean, do not disturb. If I got a good game, I'm DVR. And you know, that's, that's a good call on that because like <laughs> I said, I almost ruined it. Um, because you guys know, I go to bed like, you know, in fact, right now it's past my bedtime. I don't know how you guys <laughs> talk into staying up this late on Tuesdays, but, um, but, but yeah, I almost ruined it. Seriously. I almost sent a text and, uh, I just, I didn't, I straight up fell asleep even after the game was fairly exciting that I saw y'all y'all blew it up at about 11 o'clock that evening and uh, was, was sending texts. Um, of course, I woke up at 5. I didn't want to text y'all back and be like, oh, it's okay. Well, I told y'all that I watch these games, and when they get to like 10, 11 points, I just hit fast forward and just watch the score. Yeah, but I know. I didn't do that because of the podcast. I knew we'd be talking about it, so I wanted to be able to talk about any any aspect of it, and I'm so glad I did because the Nuggets were up by like 15 beginning of the second quarter. And, uh, you know, the Heat got it down to eight, I think, going into the half and then just blew them out in the third quarter. Um, uh, that's not right. They came out hot and then the Nuggets came back. And then they beat them by like – they were down eight going into the fourth right. quarter, the Heat were. That's mm -hmm. not the half. Yeah, they were down 15 going into the half, weren't they? Uh, uh, early, early second early quarter, second they were down 15. Okay, okay. So they were down eight going into the fourth quarter. And then Duncan Robinson, we're going to talk about happened. him in a little bit, but Duncan Robinson happened. Yeah. So, but before we get to that, as I was watching the game, the Heat were up by 10 with three minutes to go, something like that. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they went Portland Trailblazers on. Oh, it. yeah. Yep. Jimmy was just standing at half court just dribbling till it got down to like six seconds mm -hmm. 
and then he started playing one-on-one basketball and i was like uh they're just trying to run the clock and that's not going to work yeah and it was it was it was activate jamal murray and it almost put it in overtime right that's exactly right so what are y'all thought what are y'all's thoughts on fouling or not fouling when you're up three points with one possession left oh man um (laughs) you know if I'm going against a team that has several guys that can make threes and you got to look at Denver's track record right now, they've got guys making contested threes. Like, you know, Anthony Davis is, you know, like draped on you and you're chunking it up in the air and it's going in type of stuff. You know, I, I would be more inclined, clock. Yeah. <laughs> I would be more inclined to foul uh, if I've got multiple weapons. Now, if I'm on a team where there's like one three-point shooter that's that's a legitimate one, then, you know, you lock him down, face guard him, just don't give him any airspace or an opportunity, and you can just kind of take your chances with, with, with them. I mean, like, if if I'm playing the Lakers, I take my chances on them making a three-point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the announcers, uh, Jackson and Van Gundy, were going nuts when they didn't foul. Never understand why you Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, they were going, they were going nuts. And what was interesting is they were saying Jamal got a clean look. And I guess it was a clean look, but it was a step back. Right. And step back percentage isn't nearly as good as a clean Well, look. I think they were saying that just simply because this is the type of guy that can routinely make those high degree of difficulty shots like that. That's right. And if, if he can see the goal, you got a chance of that being an overtime. Right. It's the NBA. What's defense anyway? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a clean look. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, I mean, he didn't miss it by just a ton either. And so that game goes into overtime, the Heat can just hang it up. That's right. So what, what's your call? You're still thinking gentlemen sweep or you think it'll – Go to six or seven. Oh me, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're done. The Nuggets are mad now. I think you, you poke the beast. I, um, I see, I see double digit wins from here on out. Next three right. games, yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I, th- I think you, you angered the beast. Um, because I, I shared the stat with you guys. You know, um, when, and uh. When, uh, what is it, uh, 40 points are scored by one particular player, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the Nuggets have lost every single game uh, this season, which has only happened four times, which is interesting because they played a lot more than four games. Um, so uh, so I just don't think – I think that that's a, a problem that they've, they've established one, two, three, four times now. Um, and they fixed it every time uh, is, is what I'm thinking has happened in the past. Um, of course, I guess in the, in the sense of us being potential sports writers, right, we have to tell a good story and say, oh, no, this may be the Heat's chance now. They found the, the hole in the armor. Yeah, they're not doing it. No way. I, I'm inclined to believe that there's a very real possibility it could go six. Uh, just simply because I could, I can envision, say, the Heat gutting out uh, game four. Um, but the reality of the situation, too, is this. The Heat are just so reliant on role players slash unsung heroes. But it's not like, it's not like the Bulls in the 90s where – Steve Kerr or B.J. Armstrong or Judd Bushler could show up in, in, in that one game and, and all of a sudden they could give you like 10 to 15 points and that's the difference between closing the series out in game six or five or whatever it may be. And that's like one player, right? But, but um, it's because you had the teams like, you know, you have three people on Jordan and two people on Pippen. Yeah. So, so, of course, you had three people that were yeah, just so hanging out. Yeah, so you would get that one. Yeah, right. you would get that one. But it's like for the Heat to win, like it came down to the end. 
And they've got to have like four of those guys, uh, four of those role players, like playing out of their minds in one game to have a shot to win it. And it's just so like there is a part of me that thinks it could go to six. But then there's the other part of me that if you start playing the percentages, what's the likelihood of you getting, you know, uh, Duncan, Gabe, uh, Vincent, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Martin. and all the other guys yeah. that show up all on the same night to have that shot it's just that's you're asking a lot to get all those guys just locked in like maybe one or two in one game but you're, you're not it's, it's hard to get like four so it, okay like in all seriousness though if you look at it across the board if if the playoffs wind up the way that we're saying they wind up does that does that mean that the suns were really the second best team because they're the ones that really put up the fight against the Nuggets, I feel like. I, I really, really believe so. I mean, if you look at uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul all on one team, I mean, I mean, even your, most of your talking heads basically looked at that particular series as this is this is almost a de facto NBA finals. Well, keep, right. Like, keep in mind, Chris Paul got hurt early in the series. That's and true. He didn't play much. Yeah, I I had forgot about that. that. There's been so many so much basketball played since then that I did forget about yeah. that. So you're absolutely right. Because um, the only reason I bring that up is because I was watching uh, highlights today from the you know from the whole whole tournament, and I'm like, man, you know, like <laughs> again, the only home game that the Nuggets have lost was was last night, right? They were eight and zero at home, right. so uh, or not last night, but um, Sunday. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, God, dog. That means the Suns really put it to them. Like, like it, it. Now, guys, if this goes into Game Three and and the Heat ends up on top, we may be singing a different song to to each other. But we'll have to wait for that to come. So, what are you feeling, Crego? <laughs> I mean, the way Malone blasted them about their lack of defense. I expect. I mean, my my gentleman's sweep was that the Heat would win game three. I think the Nuggets win by 12 to 14 in game three. Um, they muscle out game four, maybe win by three or four, and then they absolutely blow them out in game five. I'm still taking my gentleman's sweep. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it works out well, right, because you don't want to win the championship on your – opponent's turf anyway so exactly. that's 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 all they were doing was <laughs> was getting it back home bringing it back home that's right what's up Niga? wow that's a blast from the past right there that's another guy that i went to high school with oh well, there you go yes he could come on he played on the varsity basketball team what is in the water <laughs> at that high school that's what i want to know <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, we had some superstars, but we're going to save that because we were supposed to have a, a guest, you know, from from my high school tonight. Um, but that that didn't work out this week. But I, I know it's going to work out in the future because he's already signed a contract with me and I'm going to hold you to it. You know who you are. <laughs> um, so uh, so that'll be coming up. Well, we're going to take next week off. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe the following week because he told me he was good for this week but i think he did that without knowing what day of the week we air right you know right. so yeah that kind of that kind of made things difficult but um We're looking forward to it my man you know who you are this is That's it this is the culture of splice time slot you know right. it's, it's kind of like the friends time slot was on thursday nights that we all loved in the 90s and early aughts but uh we're rebranding it That's this right, is the culture real of estate splice. baby <laughs> that's right absolutely so speaking of on time how about your boy duncan robinson Ooh. Wow. wow 10 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter wow i mean this is you know for for those of y'all that are listening for the first time as drew said this is culture of splife so we're the intersection of sports and life so we talk a good bit about sports, but we also like to intertwine some life. And sometimes life and sports are the same kind of segment for the life segment. And that's exactly what I want to do here. We talked about a pregame, Duncan Robinson. I mean, you're talking about a guy 
who was a Division three basketball player. He showed out there. He got on with Michigan. He did okay there. I was actually surprised he didn't get drafted. So he doesn't get drafted. He signs with Miami for, I'm sure, the league minimum or whatever. His rookie year, he shoots almost 50% from the three-point line. In the offseason, he signs a five-year, $90 million contract, the richest contract in undrafted free agent history. And you're talking about a guy who was told, no, 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 you're too skinny, you can't jump, you can't take it to the rack, all you can do is shoot, and sometimes you can't even do that. You have no chance. I mean, he's he's America's underdog, you know, and, and, and it's just so interesting that you, you, you talk about that, and it's just truly a story of perseverance. And even in the game, on, in game two, like his outburst, in that fourth quarter at the beginning is a microcosm of, of everything he's had to go through his, his life. I mean, nobody's looking for him. I mean, in fact, uh, we're about to go ahead and, and just uh, chalk it up as Denver's about to pull away here. Uh, how long is it going to be before this eight-point lead turns into a 15-point lead again? And you're not coming back this time. But, of course, he basically goes on – what is it like? Uh, he scores like 10 out of the 12 points for their like 12-2 to two run. And all of a sudden now, Miami's up two when they're down eight. And it's, you know, now, you know, back to our regularly scheduled program is what we think. And we're already in progress, which is Denver pulls away as they've been doing. And as you talked about, Drew, they hadn't lost any games at home. So they're supposed to put these guys away, right? And so he just continues to battle unexpected. And he just and, and he makes it happen, and, and he's instrumental in his team's success, just like he's been instrumental in, in his own success. And 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 I think that it really um, sets up and, and and provides an example or, or or a testimony to just you know all those guys that are that are being overlooked in any area of life that just continue to to stay the course and, and be persevere and persevere through um, you know uh, just just everything like. I, I actually had my daughter read uh, this book. Uh, it was um, Chop Wood, Carry Water. And the book talks about you don't, uh, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall back on your training. Right. right? And so it's safe to say that the only person not surprised by Duncan Robinson's success is Duncan Robinson. Because he's trained for this his entire life. That's exactly right. And that's the same thing with the Miami Heat. Nobody believed in the Miami Heat but the Miami Heat. And now you have an eight seed who, let's call it what it is, they have home court advantage in yeah. the NBA Finals. Yeah, they do. <laughs> which, is, which is amazing. You know, and uh, Jimmy Butler, I mean, I don't know if I talked about it last week or not, but if I did, just stop me because I'm old now but um, Jimmy Butler messaged Sloan Stevens you know from the from the uh, WPT and asked her if she wanted tickets to the NBA Finals and that was after they lost to the Hawks in the play mm -hmm. game so I mean you're talking about a guy and that's another you want to talk about perseverance that's Jimmy Butler and I know we talked about him in a previous when we had a Jimmy Bucket segment, but this guy was told that he didn't look good enough by his mama, and he got kicked out at 13 years old. It's to... a good thing my mama didn't have that rule. My brothers <laughs> all been kicked out, man. I would have been the oh, only kid at home. <laughs> my brothers, it would have been me and my sister just living it up. That would have been it. That's just <laughs> they would have been done. <laughs> That's right, no doubt. You know he's homeless. Then he gets picked up by by a friend's mom at 13 years old and doesn't even get a, a division one scholarship plays juco and then gets an opportunity with marquette and one yep. other school and mm -hmm. chose marquette why because of the education that he could get at marquette and then he's what the 31st pick by the bulls he averages like three points a game his rookie year and here again, they're throwing him out with the bathwater. And then 
He just persevered. So, I mean, those two guys, that's the reason why the Miami Heat are there. Because every you have multiple stories. I mean, I don't know Caleb Martin's story other than he was a stud at Nevada and didn't get drafted. Yep. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. I know that the guy that uh, I can never remember, the, the, uh, the point guard, you said his name a minute ago, uh, Shane, not Shane. I, Gabe I keep thinking Gabe Vincent, yeah. I have Shane Larkin in my head for some reason, if you remember him from Miami Hurricanes. Yes, yes. Shane Larkin, but yeah, Gabe Vincent, another guy, undrafted. You know, then you have the, the kid, uh, Max Struess, mm -hmm. undrafted, comes out and drills four threes in the first quarter when he went 0 for 9 in game one. I mean, that is the reason why they won that game. I mean, they, that's, they, their, that's their team's DNA. Exactly right. And, I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder, too. Lisa Salters was interviewing him at the end of the first quarter, and he's like, I don't care. I missed nine shots last game. Shoot or shoot. And he just walked off. And I was like, yep. I mean, they just had that, they just had that fire. So, you know, I, I won't be angry. I won't be upset if I'm wrong. What a oh, story! I mean, it's America's story. story if we're wrong. So we, we, I mean, so it's still just. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, for one, an eight seed never won it, and then I mean, you look at the stories behind this eight seed here. This isn't like an eight seed where, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, okay, uh, the the Lakers were seven seed, but if the Lakers won the championship, none of us would be surprised because it's like, okay, the, the, you you can have those seven and eight seeds where like. The, the guys are on, like, you know, load management for, like, three quarters of the season. And so, you know, it's – I mean, uh, I see I see day one. I hate that for you. You know, but oh, – uh, day one, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man. But, but, but this is a real eight seed with a real uh, you know, underdog story behind it. So – That's right. I mean, day one, like – if uh what's his name that y'all got from the hawks uh gallinari if he doesn't get hurt there's your max Struess, you know mm -hmm. so you had to make room for danilo gallinari's 47 year old self to tear his acl in preseason or whatever that was so uh, you made the right call there <laughs> and y'all didn't need any shooters right you had everybody filling it up in game six and game seven you were all set <laughs> <laughs> oh the boston the boston hate the boston hate it's a tough time to to cheer for boston it really is oh across, man across Ooh. the board a tough time you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of any other decade in the history of cheering for boston except for when the patriots were good that's uh <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I, Man, I, you I, had the you know, I'm obviously joking. I um I don't hate Boston for by any means, but if there is a town that like it may be cursed. It could be legitimately. Like almost is is Boston's motto, I'm pretty sure. Cuz they are always almost there in sports all across the board um from top to bottom like i said except for when the patriots were good and who knows know, they may be back this year i know i'm all chicago but chicago is in second place for domestic cities for me boston took the lead oh wow yeah. that's right boston is an awesome city it's an awesome city yeah no doubt you need Jalen Brown to to work on his game. Just period. He 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 focuses way too much on what Jason Tatum's doing. So before the Celtics give him fifty eight million dollars or fifty five million dollars a year, ooh, I'm gonna need him to step up. Because mm -hmm. when Tatum okay. hurts his ankle in the first quarter, they needed Jalen Brown to stand up, and he shot like eight of twenty-seven or something from the field. Yeah, I mean that actually goes in the last week's show where we talked about uh, Robin posing as Batman, but only showing that he has Robin-like capabilities. That's exactly right. I'm I'm really concerned, Rod. Like, like we just we went from from this whole Boston thing. I know we're talking about sports, but I think we need to talk about life for a second because something's happened to Josh. 
he's obviously been replaced. How has Boston become your number one city over Chicago? Look at my look at my picture behind me here. I see it. Downtown Chicago. It's what what's what's you got to tell us what it what it is about boston what happened with boston it's just it's really laid back it's got everything that that you need you know it's got sports it's got streets that you can walk on at all hours of the night um and i unfortunately just do not feel as comfortable in downtown chicago as i have <laughs> for the last many years i used to go to chicago every year and i had a good buddy of mine that'd be like man do you know what the crime rate is in chicago <laughs> i'd be like man that's on the west side that's in inglewood like that that that's nothing and now stuff has creeped oh, into, chicago, yeah. into downtown chicago and i want to go places where i feel safe with my family and uh, we were up there for fourth of july in uh, 2020 and uh, some of the only people traveling, but we never stopped. And um, I'm literally walking down Wabash Avenue, which for those of y'all that don't know Chicago, that is one block west of Michigan Avenue. Yep. And we're walking back to our hotel and all of a sudden there are all these kids that are running towards us. And I'm hearing So I'm very calm, cool, you know, I'm thinking, okay, there may be a shooting up here, but we're just gonna kind of take it easy. And I look onto Wabash Avenue and there are firecrackers spinning around, going off like crazy under people's cars, next to people's cars, all this stuff. And the people that started it are running away from it while the innocent bystanders are walking towards it and the poor people's cars that are parked on Wabash. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? Chicago's cool, but I'm good not coming back for a little bit. Yeah. All right, that's that's fair, I guess. Yeah, I, good reasons. I, I, now, my family yes. went last year and didn't have any problems at all. You know, August September time frame. So, okay, but I'm a, I've got I love pizza though, and like, what's Boston's food like? What what do you what do you eat when you're in Boston? Uh, so I went to the ye old oyster house. And I had some of the best New England clam chowder. I'm a huge chowder head. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, my son had uh, lobster. And uh, uh, I think I might have to post that on our page. Um, okay. Our server showed him how to get the lobster out. And it was the most amazing thing. His eyes got about this big when she did it. Um, so I'm a big seafood guy, so definitely, definitely seafood. But, you know, we're deep dish pizza all the way. So Giordano's is our spot in Chicago. Um, and I know uh, Chicago pizza was 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 amazing from a few years ago for us. But uh, Boston is, is also really known for their pub food, too, though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, great, great pub food. Um, I'm not really into lobster rolls a whole lot. Um, right, yeah. I'm not into, like, that mayonnaise, whatever, concoction. Uh -huh. But um, I believe, and day one can probably help me here, but there's some style that you can get where it's just lobster and butter. And that's what, that's what Katie had when she was up there um, last year. But we didn't have a chance to have one of those. But um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely would say Chicago pizza over, over lobster, um, but probably not over clam chowder though. But that's not a whole meal. You know, that's just right. a little appetizer. I can now, eat all that That's getting you started. It cost as much as a whole meal. Oh, excuse me. That's, that's getting you started. $13 for a bowl of clam chowder. $13. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So A lot of money for a starter. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to do a whole episode where Rod uses that accent. That's what we need. <laughs> And Drew doesn't have his shirt on. Let's see how that, <laughs> right. how that goes. <laughs> hey, if it keeps if it keeps getting hot as it's been, I might I might have to go shirtless. It's seventy eight degrees in my office right now. We're heating things up in here. It's talking about go. Miami, I guess. There you go. So y'all have any parting shots before we we close out? Three more games. That's it. Three more games. <laughs> 
You heard it here, Katie. She's in Nashville right now, but I'm sure she's listening. I'm sure she's not eating at any like five-star restaurants or anything up there. None of that stuff, being wined and dying, that's probably not happening. Cause she's up there for work, you know? So it's all business. Yeah, for sure. I'll right. be in Nashville next week, so. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's you nice have to tell me where, we'll have to tell me the spots I, to go. You gotta go to Pop Belly. Go get a sandwich at Pop Belly. Okay. I just yep. uh, stay in Birmingham cause I heard Nashville was closed for repairs, so. <laughs> So you probably weren't here for that one, Josh. Do you, do you remember that ride? No. This sign, it used to be on I-65. It literally said, stay in Birmingham, Nashville's closed for repairs. <laughs> it, wow. It was a billboard in the style of like, you know, a, a, a green interstate sign. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it literally said that. That was uh, probably late 90s, you know, mm -hmm. like. Maybe even before that, maybe before pre-driving for us. That might have been riding in the parents' car that I remember seeing that. So uh, yeah, so that was before Josh wound up here in Birmingham. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, the sad thing about it for Alabama is they could you could make a claim that they should all be closed for repairs, the Alabama roads. So <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, like, like the craziest thing is when you go from like Georgia from Alabama to Georgia or you go from um, Alabama to Tennessee like the minute you go over the state line you instantly get smooth roads <laughs> look I don't want to talk about I don't I don't even want to talk about going to Georgia um I, I mean y'all know I'm in Georgia like every other day uh, basically like I'm there seriously like at least once a month I'm in Georgia because I live a lot closer than you guys do. Mm -hmm. But because um, it's it's almost it makes almost as much sense logistically for me to go to Georgia as it does for me to go to Birmingham as close as I am. <laughs> um, so find my house on a map, listeners. That's uh, a, a task for you guys to do while we're off next week. But uh, but yeah, so um, I'm I'm OK with the road that gets me to Georgia. What I'm not OK with is the people that are heading to Georgia that obviously learn how to drive in Atlanta. You can say what you want to about their roads being superior. Their driving schools are not. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, when you have to wait in as much traffic as those people in Atlanta do, I mean, it's just uh, it, it creates a whole different animal and mindset about how you uh, attack driving. Look, look, I, I have driven in every major U.S. city that, has been mentioned on this podcast outside of Boston. I have driven in Chicago. I have driven in New York. I've driven in LA. LA, still better than driving in Atlanta. Hands down. Atlanta is the worst place in the world to drive. Oh, man. I, I would think New York would be the worst. No, huh? it isn't. What? I promise you, it isn't. Now, the people in LA are friendly, okay? That's why it's okay to drive there, because they're just like, oh, we're stuck here. We're not going to, yeah, pull in front of me. It doesn't matter. You're not getting anywhere either. You know, I feel like that's their thing. New York, the problem is there's just not enough space to add more roads, and they need to add more roads, right? right. That's the problem with New York. So we're all just kind of stuck in a, in a mess. You got people driving on the, on the sidewalks and stuff like that, you know, in New York, just because there's no more room left, right? Um, but, but hands down, Atlanta, worst, worst place to drive. I, I can say I, I was caught in rush hour traffic in Chicago and Atlanta was actually worse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's worse. Seattle's not as bad. I think, I think it's, it's, it's better. Portland, Seattle, either one, Vancouver, Washington, not, uh, not Canada. I've not been that far North, uh, driving. Uh, although I've driven in Montreal, also not as bad. I, that's why I say this is international. Atlanta is the worst place to drive. Um, I will say this, though. If someone tells me a bad experience in Dallas, I would have to believe them because I have avoided Dallas like the plague in a vehicle. <laughs> I've heard it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. That's, <laughs> I've literally you, – you pay money to drive around that city. Literally. There's, there's a road you can go on, and it costs money, and you avoid it. And and that's what I've done. Never driven in Dallas. Avoided it. I don't know how we got to this. I don't either. But it was fun. <laughs> it was that. So, uh, so there you go. 
So uh, any parting shots for you, Rock? Huh? Was just there. Oh, oh. Eric, right, I mean, that, that, that was it good. right there. I mean, you you, you served it up. Uh, assist with your KDB in Nashville. So. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So we're all saying, Rod, you're even saying three, three more games to go. I think three. I was I was almost inclined to say there there would be a six game, but it's just. I, I got to play the percentages and say it's going to be in five as well. He yeah. wants to say six games because he can be right if it's six games. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. he knows it's five games. I just I just don't feel – it's a shaky six. You know, you know, like if you're playing spades and you're just like, you know, I got, I got two and a possible. You know what I'm saying? I mean – Two We're and talking a half? about like half of a possible <laughs> when I'm talking about game six with the heat here right now. So, I mean, it's not even it's a it's it's not even a fully confident, uncertain book. <laughs> right. So you're definitely not getting any sandbags is what you're telling me. Huh? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So all right, we're saying. Drew's saying three, I'm saying three, and, and Rod's saying three, three and a half. Point five. Yeah. <laughs> three and a possible, right? He's, We're going to keep it spades, he'll be, right? He's going to be rounding up. You know, he's got the got the spread going over there with three and a half points instead of instead of committing to three or four. If they yeah. just can come to me instead of Vegas, we, we, uh, this, this would be great. Right. <laughs> No doubt. So we appreciate y'all being here today. Uh, remember, we won't be we won't be on next week. Uh, both Rod and I will be out of town, and obviously Drew won't because he just stays in Birmingham because that's his that's where he likes to be because <laughs> Nashville doesn't want him. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know nothing's nothing's gonna change here. We're gonna try to bring you um, the the best conversation we can. We want all of your feedback. All your comments you saw tonight, people were commenting and we were we were talking back and forth and that's how it's going to continue to be. Uh, we're going to have more uh, guest hosts on the show in the upcoming weeks. You know who you are. Um, but uh, Tuesdays at eight o'clock central, nine o'clock Eastern uh, for, for some of the people that may be coming on. They're in the Eastern time zone, so a little bit later for them. But uh, as always, you can find us on all soto- social media platforms. Um, we're posting a little bit more, get more active on uh, on Facebook. Obviously, we're always on Apple Podcasts, um, and we're gonna get we're gonna get more uh, energized, get more more things out there for y'all to be able to see. So, if you don't already follow us, why check us out? Um, but until then, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>